Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Transform Sales Podcast. Today, I am so excited to have Brian Charlot with me. How are you, Brian? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here today. Well, thank you so much for being here. Let me tell you a bit about Brian. He has over a decade of sales experience in a number of different industries from software to construction. Recently, he released the book, Pitching Sales, a complete guide to becoming a sales professional. His goal is to help new and young sales professionals strive in the industry. So tell us, how did you get started in your career and how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think uh, for anyone who's been in sales long enough, they usually have a, a bit of a winding journey to where they got to. And I, I'm no different there. And I originally just started in sales when I was in university. Uh, it was a summer job for me. I was selling car wax at gas stations um, in the July heat. It was <laughs> quite the endeavor, fully commissioned. I uh, had about a, a sales cycle of about five minutes to try to introduce myself, demo it and sell it on the spot. So it was a nice trial by fire, if you will, into the, the industry. And then when I was out of school and getting into university, I saw an opportunity that I thought was a, a really good fit. So I, I just kind of the snowball effect from there. I had some definite ups and downs early on, more downs than ups originally, but I'm sure that's consistent with a lot of people out there. But, you know, consistency, kept at it, kept learning, kept looking for better opportunities and finding them uh, has led me to a, a decade later being here. And like I said, I, I'm still in my own sales career while at the same time trying to mentor and help young professionals or people new to the industry get themselves acquainted to it because I just think it's an unbelievable career and profession. And I like to share those stories and, and help show that same opportunity to new new people looking to get in. Mm. So I've heard a lot about this consistency and, you know, keep at it, keep doing it. When you think about the word consistency, what does it mean in action and practice to you? Consistency to me is more of an attitude because it can be very difficult in sales, especially early on. And then when you're new to it, because you spend your whole life trying to avoid rejection and trying to find ways around it. Whereas in sales, you kind of have to face it head on and accept it as part of your new reality, which is different for some people and to keep a proper mindset throughout that entire learning process is difficult. It takes help. It's not something that you can do alone, which is again, where good managers and mentors and, and coworkers and colleagues come into play here, but it does start with you. And it starts with knowing what you're getting into once you face these new realities and, and keeping that consistency, learning and improving. And then you start to reap what you sow, you know, as you continue. No person exists as an island. Mm -hmm. We often want to say, oh, I got here alone, or yeah, I had a good manager that one time, but we forget about that consistency is having somebody show up for you and then you showing up for someone else. You said that you're currently still working as a salesperson and you are mentoring other people, right? And so yeah. someone picked you up and so you are now reaching back down to help pick others up. Absolutely, and I think that in sales, you will not meet a successful person that can't point out one or two people, especially early in their career or maybe during a career transition that they can 
lay some claim to that helped get them to where they are and they wouldn't be where they are without them. And I think that's part of the sales loop that we owe it to eager individuals that are looking to do the same thing we were looking to do at that time to give back to them as best we can and have that give and take relationship with new professionals in this because we need them as much as they need us in certain circumstances where they're going to like sales. You cannot learn everything. It takes 10 lifetimes to learn everything you can learn in sales. You're just not going to be able to do it. And they're going to bring to you a situation you might be unfamiliar with. They might bring you a new perspective that you didn't think of because they're just, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed and that you can bring to your own sales career. And I think it's just a ever an infinite loop of feedback. And, and I really think it helps your mentor as much as it helps you to give back. Mm, that's so good. That's so good. So you mentioned that during your transition from your early life, college into the professional world, you said there are a lot of ups and downs. And you mentioned there were more downs than ups. What are some of those value moments that you had? And what steps did you do to get out of those places? Well, to be honest, that's what led me to end up writing my book. And I'll be honest, because mm. I was not put in a position that I was very comfortable with. Not saying that that's going to happen in any situation when you're getting into it, especially looking back in hindsight, the managerial styles that were used, the company selling tactics that were used just had red flags and shadiness, if you will, to it that I didn't know at the time. And I didn't have anyone else to ask or look to, to know, like I couldn't ask anyone, does this seem, seem good to you? Does this seem like a good situation? I was just figuring it out on my own. And that's what caused a lot of down because I was taught that there was only one way to sell. And there was this, you know, keep asking for the sale, just bulldoze your way in there. And it's completely about numbers. And there's just all kinds of things that looking back, I didn't resonate with them. Some people it works for, some people have that type of attitude. There's so many different styles of selling. It's such a yin and yang profession, but it didn't fit for me at all. And it nearly drove me out of sales because I struggled and I wasn't making any money. I was getting paid below minimum wage. They, there was like commission structure issues that I didn't know about until I made my first sale. So not everyone's gonna be in that situation. I certainly don't wish that upon anyone, but there are gonna be people that do find themselves in those situations. And they need to be able to reach out to people to ask questions or to get help or, or learn a different selling process that fits more with their individual personality and all these things. So that's something that I just kind of put my head down and got through. But there was a lot of struggles finding my own way instead of trying to replicate somebody else's style that I didn't fit with personality wise. And that was really the main thing that I found to disconnect with early that looking back, I'm so happy that I, I got through that because now I just, I'm able to be myself in sales and that goes a long way as I'm sure you would know that the importance of that. Yes. Authenticity. When there's no one for you to look up to, or there's no one for you to bounce ideas off of, you just become a person that you see. And pretty soon you're like, I don't like this. This is not how I am in my personal life. I'm not abrasive. I'm not rushed. I'm not this. Or maybe I am a very fast talker, but they're telling me I got to talk slow. And I want to get in the personal details in this case, just follow the script. And so you realize that these things that your leadership is putting on you, it's not a part of who you are. And so it impacts how you actually are able 
to produce. When you are not comfortable in your environment, in your element, in your skin, you can't sell well, period. You can't do anything well. You can't lead well. You can't do anything well. Yeah, and it's and that's the unfortunate part because it doesn't have to be that way. And the other thing that I found problems with early or struggled with was when I had differing ideas. Like I had had grown a relationship with customers through a number of phone calls and I had an idea or a concept I wanted to go with and I'd bring it to my manager like, no, that's not how we do it here. And just went right back to his theory on everything and his process. And it was very isolating. And, you know, to get into that good managerial styles that you're talking about, you have to understand each personality like a coach and you're not going to treat everybody the exact same. It's not just putting, you know, square pegs into round holes all the time over and over again. You got to find each individual one just so you can bring the best out of them and give them that comfort because that's when you really start to see people new to the profession is one thing or new to your company really start to thrive when you give them some autonomy and some leverage to go out and be themselves while still you know understanding the the company image and process as well Mm, a round peg in a square hole and people are like but it still fits because it's round right yeah, it fits, but there's a lot of space on those outer edges. And that space in the outer takes, edges... Or if it takes a hammer to get through, it doesn't work as well. Literally, it's like, it's how you're doing something that is unnatural. And so as leaders, it is our responsibility. We don't have to always say yes to everything that our employees ask of us or different things that they want us to do. But it is our responsibility to show up and at least accept them. Because when you accept somebody and it's like, oh, okay, I understand that you're human. I understand that you have thoughts, needs, wants, desires, and I am here with you, right? So that is the key. Yeah, and keeping that just open mind and new perspective. Like just because they're new doesn't mean they can't have a creative idea. Just because they're not as familiar with the company or the product or the service doesn't mean you have to shut down their ideas. It doesn't mean you have to use them, but it doesn't mean you have to shut them down and and say, no, this is the way we do things. Be open to perspective and creativity. And that just is going to unleash this next level from your employees that you're looking over to give them that autonomy, that trust. Again, you don't have to say yes to everything, but you don't have to say no and be open-minded or find ways to take parts of it and incorporate it and say, you know what, that's a good idea. Why don't you try it? It just gives them so much confidence to go out and and perform at their in their comfort level, which is going to translate into results over time. Absolutely. Just because you've done it one way for so long doesn't mean that's the only way to do it, mm-hmm. right? Doesn't mean that your way is wrong, but there are different ways. And by validating an employee and saying, you know what, I really like that part of the thing, this presentation. I really like this part of your process. So I'm going to try it. Or why don't you go share that with your colleagues so they can um, experience something new or try something a little bit different, right? So really validating that employee and allowing them to feel like they are a part of a team. So you found yourself in a place of despair of, you know, not in a, a great company culture. How were you able to not only pull yourself up from that, but take that experience and translate it into you mentoring other people? Well, the biggest thing that I found, again, this is all in hindsight because I didn't realize I was doing it at the time, but 
it worked. Again, I come from an athletic background, so I just have this, I hate failing, I hate losing, I hate these type of things. People from in sales can be from any background, any way, and, and have success. But I found it for me, even though I was in despair, I just tried to fight my way and learn my way out. Once I started to realize this wasn't a good scenario, I didn't want to just immediately be like, all right, I'm out of here. I learned from it. I was getting up at 6 a.m. to take public transit to an office downtown in the bitter cold of winter. It would take me an hour and a half to get there, and I hated it. But I kept doing it, and I kept picking up the phone. I kept talking to individuals. I kept kind of ingraining this foundational habit of what it takes to be, end up, you know, again, looking back, what it took to be a good salesperson. And that is that consistency to commitment to, listen, I don't like my surroundings currently. I came to the realization I wasn't gonna be here forever, but I needed to take something away from it. Whether that's work habit, whether that's getting a couple of sales just to get the full sales process in from conception to getting that final sale. And 10 years down the line, I still have that work habit that I took away from there. So one, no matter how bad the situation is, take something away from it that you can control, which is a work habit, a mindset, something that you can do in a process. And the other thing to take away from it was learning what I didn't want to be, which was mm. this person in a managerial scenario that had a completely different sales process than me, totally different personality. He was very successful. He'd been there for, over a decade, he was making hand over fist in commission and he was very comfortable. And he was like, I've been doing it this way for 10 years. I'm successful, so I'm not changing. And I didn't want to be anything like him. And I took that away from that job. And that gave me a much better perspective that I always say there's more ways to cook an egg than scrambled, right? You have to learn, because when you get good at sales, you're figuring out not how you want to sell to a customer, but why that customer needs that product or those pain points that that customer has. And if you're finding that information out from a customer, it's going to be different every time. So that same product is going to get sold 10 different ways to 10 different people who have 10 different needs. And when you find that information out, you have to be adaptive. And again, you might be holding that, that peg and you got to find which one it fits into by asking good questions, gaining a good relationship and trust with that customer. And that is just being open-minded and realizing you're not the person buying this. You're the person who's trying to find a pain point and help this customer. And, and that's just a different perspective. So that's what I took away from it. I turned a negative into what I hope to be a positive moving forward from that situation. It's the glass half full. I tell mm -hmm. everybody I am a glass half full person. Yeah. And so no matter what the situation presented, I can always find a positive because there is a lesson learned from it, whether it's a lesson for you personally or professionally, there's always something that you can learn yeah. from every single situation. Absolutely. And you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't, if you just walk away like that was a terrible company, that was a terrible manager, that was a terrible, it's not my fault. You play a victim, you're not doing yourself any, any justice there. You gotta come away with something or when you're in the middle of it, figure out what that's gonna be, get good at that and then look for different opportunities moving forward. But again, take something positive is, is the best thing you can do for yourself. Absolutely. Yes, focus on the positives. Rewrite the story. Don't allow the negative to weigh you down.
you got to a point in your life where you said, I want to write a book. A lot of people say they want to write books, but you actually went over the hump, took the leap and decided to do it. So first, how did you know that you needed to write this book? Well, the biggest aha moment came when I had a really good manager. When I had somebody, a mentor, a mentor, I had actually a really good mentor and a good manager who's a kind of a de facto mentor as well, that gave me this ability to sell and create on my own. And I could throw ideas by him and we'd put it in the blender and come out with something and find ways to be successful with these people. And I thought to myself, geez, if I had come across this person five years ago, I would be way further ahead today than I am now. And again, I'm not trying to, you don't want to play the victim and like, oh, if only I'd had this, it was okay. Well, I have it now. So let me make the most of it. And I feel like I did. And I just saw that my career trajectory just take off once I was given this freedom and perspective and, and autonomy and trust. And then I was able to mold my own process as well as have people that were looking out the best for me. They had me and kind of handing down these, these words of wisdom as I got stuck or I was in a bad mindset which is going to happen in this. So once I saw that, and like I said, I, I said to myself, man, if I had this five years ago, and I was like, well, there's going to be some person that comes out of university that wants to get into sales that ends up in the same scenario that I was in, or somebody who does a career switch or a transition at any age and gets into sales. And they might run into somebody that doesn't give them this trust and autonomy and abilities. And if there could be something or someone out there that they could read about or hear about or, or listen on the perspectives that I'm trying to provide, it could help them out a ton. And if it only helps out one person, I'm happy. Like that was my mindset going into it. It's like, if I can just help one person, you know, that 21 year old me that ran into this scenario, then it'll be worth it. But in writing it too, it just reinvigorated me to be, increase my sales career and trajectory at the same time. So it helped me as much as the people I'm trying to help with the book by writing it. It was just this wonderful loop, like we talked about with mentorship. That's kind of how it came about and how it ended up. Yeah. Wow. A bad boss and a good boss. Mm -hmm. I can say that a good boss definitely makes you appreciate them even more, whether you currently have a good leader or you are struggling with a bad leader, you immediately know those people that make an impact on you as a person. You immediately know who is a good boss, who is not so good of a boss. And within my organization, people have told me, I have never worked for someone like you. And you have changed the way that I think about this or this or that. And it's because I understand that we're all humans. And just because you make a mistake doesn't mean that I am going to hold that over your head. We all learn. We are all in these trenches together. And giving people a manual, something that they can read if they don't currently have access to that. And knowing what to look for, I think is such an important thing that you could give the world. So tell us a little bit about what is the impact that this book has given to people that have read it thus far. So the biggest thing that I tried to do was not sugarcoat the reality of what it is to be in the sales profession. 
Because I think that there's a stigma. There's two stigmas, I think, when it comes to sales is one is like, well, if this doesn't work, I'll just get a sales job. And that's so simple to do. It's like, hey, good luck. But that's an outsider's perspective that just a reality. And it's just one perspective. The problem is, is when somebody in their everyday life, before they get into sales, they come across great salespeople in their time, whether they were out and about, uh, they met them at a festival, a, you know, a farmer's market, car dealership, whatever. When you run across a good salesperson, you don't think to myself, wow, that was a really great salesperson. The ones that stick are when you run across those shady, manipulative salespeople who try to sell you snake oil or a clunky car and you're like, oh, that guy just tried to scam me. And then yeah. that's the picture that they remember in terms of when they hear a salesperson, like, oh, that guy. And they have this stigma. And what they don't realize is there's so many great people in this profession. And they're all just trying to provide for themselves and their family, just like any other person. It doesn't matter what type of job it is. And 95% of them are good people with a lot of integrity with what they do and a lot of pride with what they sell. That doesn't mean there's not some out there that aren't like that. That doesn't mean that some aren't out there selling in a way that rubs you the wrong way, which is going to happen. But that's one of the biggest things that I try to let people know in this profession. You're going to come across these people that have these stigmas. Don't worry about it. You worry about being professional. You worry about keeping your integrity. You worry about having pride in what you're doing and what you're selling. And the pain points and the problems you're trying to solve for the people that you're interacting with every day. But not sugarcoating what you're going to run into, especially early on, which what we touched at the beginning. You're going to get told no more in the first month of your new job than you will probably in in your previous lifetime in that. And you're actively trying to find no's essentially early on. And what I found is that especially like I talked to so many people when I was writing this book about what would you tell yourself 10 years ago when you were just getting into sales or what piece of advice would you give to somebody if, and the biggest thing they all reverted back to was that initial foundation of habits that you need to form in the face of rejection, in the face of your ego, just getting smacked around time and time again, and finding that same enthusiasm to pick up the phone, the same enthusiasm to knock on the next door and just progress and build a foundation and habits and consistency, both in, again, in your actions and in your mindset. And then you start, it's almost like checkpoints in a video game, if you will. Like Mm -hmm. you need to learn the entire sales process, but there's no point in knowing how to close the deal with the perfect closing line. If you're afraid to pick up the phone or you you're afraid to get customers or you're, you're getting clammy when you're running into objections, you need to just Mm -hmm. deal with it in a process and be methodical about it and realize you're not going to learn this entire profession in a month. Mm -hmm. It's going to take time and effort. And if you keep that consistency, once you get through it and you've now just formed these habits that are just, you know, second nature to you, then you can start again, learning how to close, learning how to overcome objections and just progressing in your career. But it just starts with the basics and you have to do that first. Mm, that's so good. 
they're building blocks. It's just like when you build a Lego set. My kids love Legos. And so you start with just one little brick and then you make this whole like a city or you make an animal, or you make a car. And that's the same thing that it is with sales. It, it takes a lot of repetition and it takes a lot of falling on your face and people saying mm-hmm. no to you and doors being closed for you to get the one yes. And you take that one yes and you keep going. And even these days in our current present day, I get so many scam likely calls all day long from shady salespeople, not those who are actually trying to help solve a problem for me or trying to help me. They're the shady ones, right? That are having these pre-recorded things and it's just, it's bad. But I don't say all salespeople are bad or all salespeople are doing this. Just like when you go to one bad doctor, you say, I don't like that doctor. I'll find another one. You don't say I'm never going to the doctor again. And breaking down that stigma of all salespeople are not created the same. And even those salespeople that tend to have that, you know, they're very aggressive or abrasive or they're kind of those killer mindsets, it's not their fault. Either they were taught this way or no one taught them anything at all. So they just went on YouTube and they just figured it out on their (laughs) own. It's really not their fault. And so I blame the managers when I see bad salespeople. I'm like, this is your fault. You didn't train your salespeople. You didn't do the right thing. So stop blaming the salespeople. Yeah. And there's, again, there's so much, and maybe they early on in their job, they found, they did that and somebody bought it and they're like, oh, okay. That's how you sell it. Right. And they just do it the same way over and over and over again. And the biggest thing too, that I I try to stress and I, and I say, whenever I'm talking to anybody about sales to get over that hump and I stress it so much in my book is that. In the first six months, you just have to build what we were talking about. And then once you find out what sales is all about, what you can do to be successful and what you find a mentor and all these things is you have to then make a decision for yourself. You have to ask yourself, is this a sales job for me in the next two weeks? So the next sale is the most important thing for me. So I have money in two weeks to go on my trip or do whatever I want to do. Or is this the profession that I want to pursue? And when you make up that mindset to go from your sales job to your sales career, that is when your whole next level of what you can be and unlock in your own potential becomes. Because at that point, now you're on your way home, instead of listening to music, you're listening to audiobooks, you're listening to podcasts. You are staying late to talk to your mentor if they give you their ear for 20 minutes talking about how you can become better at something. You're transitioning from, uh oh, this next sale is the most important thing because if I don't get it, I don't have any money, I won't get my commission check, to I need to learn as much from this sales process to get better in the next one so I'm better in five years from now instead of worrying about this specific sale being the be all end all and pulling as much information out of each process as possible to build your own long-term process because it's your career now. You've committed to that and once you do that, everything else opens up for you because now you've committed to yourself that you're putting in that extra time, that extra work to be better. And that's when you start to see the results come for you. And it's a mindset in my, in my opinion. All about the mind. It is all about the mind. And that is the key. That is the key. When I do sales training with teams, we start with mindset work. We spend like 90 minutes talking Mm -hmm. about mindset and they're so blown away because nobody ever talks about that. 
And if you don't get your mind aligned, I can teach you to cold call, do a discovery call, find your buyer person. I can teach you all that stuff, but if your mind isn't in the game, none of that actually even matters. Yeah, and if you don't care about solving the customer's problem, they can tell. People's intuition is much stronger than you think. And you sometimes forget that as a salesperson when you're talking to them. If they can genuinely tell that you are like, hey, is this something you're running across in this industry? I'm like, yeah. And you're like, I think I can solve that for you. And you ask good questions about them and their business and trying to find ways to help solve that problem, they're gonna recognize that. And if you're out to make the sale as quick as possible and just make it transactional, they're just not gonna give you the time to do it, nor should they. Because, and again, that's gonna come with that mindset. We're saying, I'm here instead of me trying to get a sale, I'm trying to solve your problem. And now you're a sales professional, in my opinion. That's good, that's good. So if people wanna pick up a copy of your book, where can they get it? They can get it on Amazon, that's the best place. There is a, a paperback version, an ebook, and I even got it done on Audible because that's how I consume 95% of my uh, information when it comes to sales. So I made sure to put it on Audible as well. So it's in any form you can do that or on um, my website at pitchingsalesconsulting.com. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And what is the name of your book? I'm not sure if you ever said the full name. What is the it's, name of your book? It's Pitching Sales, A Complete Guide to Becoming a Sales Professional. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for sharing your time, your talent, and your expertise with us today. This was a fantastically amazing conversation. Well, I really appreciate you, uh, you having me on. I really enjoyed our conversation. I'd be happy to come back anytime. This was really fun. Awesome, awesome. And thank you again for sharing your time and talent and expertise. And that was another episode of the Transformed Sales Podcast. Remember, your goal every day is to strive to be 1% better. That's all, just 1% better. Until next time.